0: Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Bingetown TV. I'm your host, Jim, and I'm here with my co hosts, Luke and Brian. And today we are dropping part two of our first ever episode for our newest series and podcast feed titled What Should I Watch Next? In this podcast series, members of the Binchtown TV podcast will get together and recommend shows that you guys need to watch. We'll recommend based on genres like fantasy, mystery, and sci-fi, topics like underappreciated shows, single-season shows, and canceled shows still worth watching, streaming services like Netflix or Prime Originals, or we may just let you know what we're watching recently and recommend based on that. There's so much great TV out there, and we're here to help you find it. So why trust us with your TV watch list? Well, we've been podcasting about television for over three years, and we've covered over 100 different TV shows with over 400 episodes. Basically, we watch a lot of television. And over time, when our banger recommendations start to pan out, we hope you can come to trust us, because here's the thing. Recommendations don't mean anything unless you can trust the source. We also have something very exciting we want to announce for episode one. We want this pod to be interactive. So what does that mean? We want you guys to recommend shows to us. We want you all to send us voice messages or text messages if you're a little shy with your recommendations, and every week we're going to play them on the pod. You want your voice and recommendations heard by hundreds of thousands of listeners around the world? All you have to do is join our Discord, leave us a message, and we'll play it on the pod and comment on it. We want you all to join the fun. The Discord link is in the description. Okay, so let's get this episode started. Today is part two of our Sci-Fi TV Shows You Need to Watch episode. All right, I'll go next, and I'm going to keep with the Apple TV theme here. It's more of a recent TV show. I'm going with Apple TV Plus's Silo. This show has usurped Ted Lasso as the number one Apple TV show. It came out of nowhere. This is what we're talking about when it comes to this advertising for Apple TV. They actually nailed it this time because this show is based on a book series by Hugh Howie. And cheap plug for the podcast, we covered this show on the pod and we talked to Hugh Howie twice. Great guy. Knows the material. He's very involved in the show. That's always a plus. But it's a book series. I never read the book series. Never even heard of the book series. But I saw the trailer out of nowhere. And like I said... Binge Town was born on sci-fi, so I saw Apple TV. I saw sci-fi. I loved Severance, and I said, "You know what? Let's try it out." Went in totally blind, covering it on the podcast, and it was such a great, pleasant surprise. It was so enjoyable. It's another one of those sci-fi mystery shows. It stars Rebecca Ferguson. If you guys don't know who Rebecca Ferguson is, it's only because you don't recognize her name yet. But she's been in Mission Impossible. She's been in Dune. Also, Luke, she in The Greatest Showman. Oh, God, I don't remember. Pretty sure she is. But anyway, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But she is someone that is a star now. She is becoming a mainstream star. Hugh Howey himself, the author of the book, said that if they tried to cast her now, they wouldn't have gotten her because she is so busy. She is so highly regarded right now in cinema. Tim Robbins, one of the GOATs, Shawshank Redemption, Mystic River. Can't go wrong with him. Rashida Jones. I love you, man. And Perkins. There you go. (laughs) You can't go wrong. These actors, they are perfect for their roles and they do great. Just a little bit of an explanation of what the show is. Post-apocalyptic setting. I know when you hear that and you think of sci-fi, you go, how many times are they going to freaking do that? But it's very different. You think that you're going to be given one thing and you're given something else. So post-apocalyptic setting. We find out that about 10,000 citizens live in an underground bunker, and this is known as the Silo. Their history has been wiped off the face of the earth, pretty much. They've been living underground. We don't know how long, but 150 plus years, because of how long these people were living underground, their history is being casually wiped away by the higher-ups. They don't know why they're here. They know that they're underground, obviously, and they don't know anything else except for the fact that they cannot go outside because they will die. This is a major mystery show. Obviously, one of the big things is what's going on outside, but there's major, major, major mysteries going on inside the silo, too, and I would argue that some of the best mysteries of the show are what's going on inside the silo. You'll theorize every single episode, episode one through episode 10, you're going to have a million theories. Sometimes you're going to nail it. Sometimes you're going to be so off it's ridiculous, and that's the best part about it you're going to have a, a huge theories for what you think is going on with this show. And you will get the payoff. This show will give you the payoff when it comes to these mysteries. You're not going to have too many open-ended questions, but you have to also realize that this is a one season show so far with multiple seasons coming. It has the book series as the source material. So you don't have to worry about them going off track, uh, game of Thrones style or anything like that. But this show knows what the end game is. There is going to be overarching themes and mysteries that you're not going to get in the first season, but you will watch this first season and you will feel satisfied with the ending. You'll feel satisfied with what's coming next. 87% critics, 89% audience. Check it out, guys. Silo, Apple TV. Good pitch. And
1: I think I'm the only one of us three that hasn't watched Silo. Luke, you've seen it, right? I've seen it. I love it. And I'm pretty sure,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, like season two is either already filmed or it's almost done. So, like, we are full steam ahead, that we're going to probably get the full adaptation, especially with how well it was received. Silo is amazing. Definitely go listen to our interviews because it really like expands your perspective of the show. And if he doesn't convince you to read the books, like the show itself will. Because uh, I definitely plan on reading the, the books that it's based on. And that's one of the best things. It has all the material written and yes. the showrunners involved. Those are like recipe for success right there. Damn,
1: I'm going to have to uh, get on some of these Apple TV sci-fi shows, huh? That severance? All right. Well, I guess that brings us back to me. And this is going to be kind of my dark horse recommendation. And to preface it, Netflix has already given it the stanky boot. So there probably Mm. will not be a season two plus. But this show, uh, it was originally named The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. And then I think... In an effort to kind of increase viewership, they renamed it Half Bad, colon, The Bastard, Son, and the Devil himself. It is based on a trilogy of books called the Half Bad Trilogy. So I think they wanted to kind of align it more with what the book was called. Um, but yeah, it is a young adult show, but it just had great writing, great acting from, I don't want to say no-name actors, but very up-and-coming actors, uh, the main Lead actress is named Nadia Parks, I think, but she's been in a few things. And I think the main actor's name is Jay Lysergo, something like that. But he killed it, takes place in modern Britain. And I, I almost want to say it has a little bit of elements from like Harry Potter. This kid is like kind of an orphaned child being raised by his grandmother the power system is really good. Co- so I guess the entire story revolves around two dueling factions of witches, the Fairborns and then Blood Witches. And this kid who is kind of orphaned, you find out episode one, his mother is dead and his father is the baddest motherfucker to walk the face of the planet. He has kind mm. of some he who must not be named vibes to him and okay. the power system is such that if you are a witch, when you turn 17, you are just randomly not assigned. You randomly develop a power. It could be botany. You could grow plants and stuff, or it could be ice and you could shoot ice out of your fingertips. It is a complete crapshoot. Nobody knows what you're going to get. But on your 17th birthday, you have to drink some blood from somebody from your family bloodline. And then this power just kind of like comes out of you so we follow the story of this kid uh nathan who like i said is the bastard son of the devil himself and this (laughs) mother who was a fairborn witch and the entire witch community is like is this kid going to turn out good or is this kid going to turn out bad? Thus, you have the name half bad. This show, my roommate is out here waving the banner for this show. He was like, it's (laughs) bullshit. Netflix didn't market it at all. It's such a great show if they did. And I completely agree with him. He got me hooked. Season one is just Banger after banger after banger, and they leave it on such an amazing cliffhanger at the end that I am <laughs> so wildly upset that it didn't get more seasons. Um, just based on the production of it, I mean, the CGI looks beautiful, which I think Netflix sometimes doesn't do the best job in that department, but it does look beautiful. So maybe that's where the budget was getting swelled a little bit and they decided to cancel it. But other than that, I it couldn't have been that expensive of a show to produce. Um, it's just a shame. Yeah. But I mean, the story was really good. I think the power system was good. I was really invested in the characters, uh, for a young adult centered show. I feel like there was a lot to like as an adult or as a kid. So it kind of appealed to a mass spectrum of audience and yeah, it was just a fun watch. I would recommend this probably to Kathleen than anybody else in the podcast group, but I think any of us would enjoy this show.
2: This is the show that I was sold on the second you told me about the premise, but the timing of when you told me it got canceled like a week later. I remember this being yeah. thing because- No, like straight up, like what you just described is almost like my ideal genre of TV show. Like I am fantasy magic. Give me that shit. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so sad that it's not continued. But how like much you're praising it, I'm still willing to watch it because I think it could be a jumping off point to me as someone that will go in and read the books after. So Mm -hmm. like that kind of gives me some hope for that. And and it sounds like the magicians a little bit, too, which is great. You know, that's our favorite thing ever. But
1: yeah. Yeah, like,
2: I'm so upset to hear that because I didn't know existed before you and I am the target audience, which is crazy Mm -hmm. that it didn't make its way. Like, I still don't even have a single image in my head. Like Netflix never like showed it to me on my main page. I've never saw it on Twitter. It's very lame because this is like the type of show where i would stumble into it after two seasons are out fall in love with it then we pitch it on the podcast and get obsessed with it seems like that exact type of show but again i'm still willing to watch it because of the premise and i would be someone that would read the
0: book so i might give it a try either way it's a shame because it does remind me of the midnight club by mike flanagan where mike flanagan himself tweeted saying hey are you guys even seeing this on your main page it just dropped like can you see my show And Mike Flanagan has done everything for Netflix. I mean, Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass killed it for Netflix. And it just seemed like Midnight Club suffered from the lack of advertising and marketing. And like Luke said, besides from you, Brian, never even heard of it. Don't know anything about it. But I love the pitch. And I have a feeling that if you're on the show that we do, when it comes to recommending shows that have been canceled but are still worth the watch, we may be hearing the show again. My last thing I want to say is that
1: about a third of the way through episode three, one of the characters reveals what their power wound up being, and it is, you just can't be prepared for it. It is the biggest mind fuck ever, and they just casually throw it in a third of the way through
0: episode three, and I was like, oh my god, what (laughs) just happened? Has there been any talk at all about it being revived anywhere else or anything? (sighs) not what i've seen but dude the
1: craziest Damn, thing is it that like so cool <laughs> i've read reviews from like legit reviewers not just people on reddit saying oh this show's the best and they're like uh, this is far and away like the best young adult content netflix has came out with i have no idea why they're wow. not pushing this more um yeah it got a 93 percent rotten tomato 7.5 imdb it was a really fun watch it really was i thought it was gonna be my next passion project and CGI
0: yeah. was—it looked stunning. The CGI—they—they. They I mean, it, it was, it was very, very close to being covered on the pod. Yeah.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting
0: to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
2: so i'm going to take it home with my third recommendation here i'm going to reel it in because i could talk about this show all day and yeah. all night it could be its own podcast for me um if you're familiar with bench tv at all you have probably heard me casually talk about this show i'm talking about netflix's original series dark it's an r-rated um three season show that is already finished. It finished back in 2020. It was written front to back, just like some of these other shows that we've been talking about before it even started filming episode one. And that's one of my favorite things that a TV show could ever do is have the entire idea before you even begin the production and what this show is. I hope it's not a turnoff for anybody listening, but it is a German show. So it's going to be subtitle based and with the territory of it being a foreign show, not a lot of famous actors are in it. I don't know if I knew anybody in it. There might be one or two that people are familiar with, but pretty much a completely unique cast of, of no-name actors to us. But it's a sci-fi mystery that is centered around time travel. That's pretty much the broad stroke of what this show is. And I always go as far just to put it out there that this is my favorite show of all time. I think it's the best written show of all time. It's the only thing like I would put above Game of Thrones, even though I hate season eight of Game of Thrones, still love it. I have it above Breaking Bad, like all of those, all of the top tier shows of all time this is my number one and it's it's going to be tough to really change my mind on that opinion Mm -hmm. it's just uncanny how amazing their their writing is with a show like time travel where plot holes just fall out of the sky left and right and they somehow figured out a way to make viewers walk away from the show without any glaring plot holes and it's still feeling satisfying front to back three seasons i think it's 10 episodes eight episodes eight episodes It's a healthy hour each, I think, which is something that I promise you'll want more than that once you get into Mm -hmm. the show. But it's incredible. 95% critics, 94% audience on Rotten Tomatoes. People love it. I think about this show weekly, like, and it's been done for three (laughs) years. Like, this is this is the best show. And I cannot get into any plot details because of the amount of spoilers. You want everything to unfold in itself naturally. It can be considered a little bit of a slow burn in the first half of season one because of the sheer amount of characters that get introduced. And it is complicated, but it's, there's payoff and it's by design. It needs to be this complicated, which also lends itself to multiple rewatches as you pick up more things on the, on the wraparounds. B Tom's Dave and. And Paul, yeah, all three of them haven't seen the show yet, which is something that makes me super excited. I know we held, we've held, we been holding them off because we were eventually going to podcast on it. Didn't really work out. We still know in the future. I feel it like it'll happen. happen. But this is like, I will talk about this show till I die. I would love to discuss this with them and get their perspectives on it because even Kyle, who... Kyle's a hard to please person with putting shows above Game of Thrones. I think he agrees with me and Jimmy, you might as well. I'll let you speak to that. You're on your, on your own, but yes, this is my yeah. favorite TV show of all time. And I've been like salivating at the idea of watching it through to completion for a second time because I've been putting it off for the podcast purposes. It's amazing. It's amazing. I don't think anybody will dislike it so once you actually get into the mindset of what this show is trying to accomplish, because it is a broad scope. And the second things click, usually some sometime throughout season one, you'll never look back and you'll just go through the whole thing. And I'm jealous of anybody that gets to watch this show for the first time because it is perfection.
0: Luke, all I have to say is that I agree with you and everything you just said when it comes to it being the best show of all time. I think that everyone on Town who has seen it at least has it in the top three, I would say. Me, you, Kyle, Kathleen. At any time, the top three maybe can shuffle. It sounds like, Luke, you haven't really let Dark move from number one in a while. For me, Breaking Bad and Thrones are up there. It's really, really tough to say it's any worse than top three. I had the absolute pleasure of watching this show as a binge because I was told by Kathleen and Luke, you need to watch the show. And when I watched it, it was just as Season three was about to begin. So I've been season one and two and moved right into season three and Luke and Kathleen both watched it as each season was being released. And I don't know how the hell they did it because it would make my mind explode having to wait a year or two years or whatever it was with all this knowledge and all these theories and all this mystery in your head, I don't know how they did it, to be honest. This is the ultimate bin show because you just need to know next step, next step, next step. It is such a good show, and that's all I'm going to say.
2: And before you jump in, Brian, and say anything, the other piece I'll add to this is just because of the nature of how modern times work and social media and stuff, anything ever that gets put out, like a tweet, we'll use tw- Twitter as an example, or X, whatever you want to call it. When you tweet about a show, you look at the replies. you will see on both sides of the spectrum, hate and love for everything, whether it's, you know, it could be Marvel, DC, whatever, Netflix, anything. This is one of the rare shows where I would say 99% of the time someone talks about it, it's all positive. And I think that's partially because it, it wasn't mainstream enough where everybody got to see it. And that could be partially because it's German subtitled. Netflix didn't market it extremely well. But the people that have seen it and experienced it and like really internalized what was happening here everybody walks away loving it so when people do shout it out on like lists of their favorite shows anybody in the fandom in the community just gets extremely hyped because they understand it's just something you don't get it until you get you're it part you know? so like, you're part yeah, of the group exactly. you're part like, of the homies imagine game of thrones wasn't seen by everybody that's how i feel about this show right like it's like i'd be banging the on the table like watch game of thrones pre-season eight and then like, yeah. this, you know, which I'll be like, well, how is everybody not watching the show? And that's how I felt about Dark. And I will
0: love this show till I die. Brian, I feel bad, man, that we're holding you off. We really yeah. are screwing you over. But I do feel like this show will be covered on Town. It just seems like it's been the golden goose. We've wanted it for so long. Ever since year one of Town, we said we wanted to cover Dark. It'll get covered. But Brian, I feel like Dave and Paul... Let's let them let's let them not watch, dude. Jump on the train, <laughs> Brian, <Yeah. laughs> because we keep talking to you about it. It's just funny because I've talked to you for some reason on mm-hmm. the pod. So many different shows we cover and somehow it keeps coming back to dark. And I'm always talking to Brian. I'm always like, I feel so bad. Brian hasn't had a chance to watch it. So it's your decision. Obviously, we could all talk about it as Ben's to figure out when we're actually going to cover it. But Brian, this show, you have to watch it, man.
1: Everything you guys are telling me, I feel like it would elevate the experience to be able to watch an episode or watch a season, then be able to just bounce all of my ideas and theories off of you guys as veterans who are clearly passionate about the show and will like kind of guide me in the right direction. So I'm happy to hold off. But I mean, come on, a German sci-fi show that you're saying is better (laughs) than Game of Thrones. Come on. It's so hard not to watch that stuff.
0: And I Brian, did. I feel like you specifically would be tougher than Kyle to put a show above Thrones, right? Um, is Thrones your number 1?
1: It is. Yeah, not yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, nothing. I mean, I know you agree. I know you're contended with it. I I, I know agree. you're obviously, you know, agree with everybody with season 8 and stuff, but mm-hmm. I always thought you were the number one person that said, "You know what? Thrones is the best. It's my number one." So, if you ever watch Dark and decided that Dark is number one for you, then I'll be like, "Wow." You know that is a major testament. I am taking what you guys are saying seriously about it. I am
1: expecting it to be a top three show for me of all time, minimum. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, the things I do for this podcast took me a year to watch <laughs> The Magician season the five. Too, I haven't man, even yeah. sniffed Dark. I haven't even seen Interstellar yet for this
0: podcast. I oh, hate, you. Unre- I hate you. Unrelated, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, right. My gosh, I do. Me and you.
1: Luke one day are gonna just turn the lights down. Do
0: some stuff and then watch (laughs) it. Do some stuff. All right, let me let me round this one out. I'm going to finish this podcast with a little bit of a diamond in the rough. I think that at least at least one diamond in the rough should always be talked about on these recommendation pods. And I think we already nailed a few of them with some of these shows that Luke and Brian talked about. But this one is a show that has been completed. It's over, and it's the CW Network's The Hundred. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. And I do this a lot for this podcast. And one of the big things that we talk about a lot on the pod is you have to give shows a try and you can't let the network bias you. Now, there's nothing wrong with going in with some expectations based on the network. You know, you can say, all right, it's a CW show. I'm not going to believe it's going to be an HBO show. But you should never decide you're not going to watch something just based on that. This show is a CW network show. But it is one of our favorite shows of all time. It's a sci-fi show, another post-apocalyptic show. I'm going to read off a little bit of a description that came from our boy, Dr. Jackson himself, Sachin Sahil. We had him on the pod and he did a quick boobah and gave us the description of the show. But the reason why I'm going to explain it in this way is because the show evolves over time. You think you're watching one thing and as the seasons go on, the show changes. And does it? Yeah, it's such an entertaining and enjoyable show set 97 years after nuclear apocalypse. The setting is on board a dying space station called the Ark. The citizens are running out of air. And it's kind of I was getting some silo vibes in the beginning, Mm -hmm. or meaning when I was watching silo, I was getting 100 vibes. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to say silo, I think technically was written before the 100 was written or released, but whatever. One of the big things about the arc is that they're waiting for the Earth to become habitable again, and they're literally living in space where the air is running out, they have limited food supplies. So one of the biggest things about this show is that a law for the arc is that if you do anything wrong at all, any kind of law break, whether it's the smallest or the largest thing, you get floated. And what Floated is, is basically you are forced to leave the Ark, pushed into space, and killed. And the reason they do that is because they don't have they don't have time for your shit. <laughs> they are literally a dying civilization where they have to keep the civilization alive to make it to Earth, but they have a population issue as well. The one caveat to the law thing is that if you are underage, if you're a juvenile, you get sent to a delinquent area. Would you guys prison. agree with that? It's prison, this little yeah. prison area. Yeah. So they don't float you. If you're under 18, you get sent to a prison area. So early on in the season, you find out that they are running out of air. This Ark is actually dying. So the thing that they decide to do, which is a little crazy, is send 100 delinquents to Earth to decide if Earth is now habitable. It's also kind of a catch-22 where, you know, they're actually trying to get rid of 100 people, but that's just what it is. And that's part of the moral dilemma of it. But these 100 delinquents get sent to Earth and... Here's the story from that moment on. You're on Earth and we have seven seasons of a TV show that is so entertaining. I will say that in the beginning, you have to understand, again, it is a CW show, a little cheesiness in the beginning. But by the time you get to episode three, you are hooked. Episode three is the hook episode. I remember specifically watching this. Kathleen and Luke told me to watch it. I was just finishing The Sopranos hilariously enough where you can't get any different. Prime Time, one of the first prestige TV shows that ever existed. Pretty dark material. So I said, you know what, Kathleen, give me something like lighter, entertaining. She gives me the 100. I fell in love with it. The characters are amazing. This show, even though I said it's a little cheesy, and again, I'm going to say for the 500th time, is a CW show. Some of these characters are going to be your favorite characters of all time of any TV show. The character development from season one to the later seasons, one character specifically is going to blow your mind. It's just a, it's a really entertaining show. It's very interesting because it's a 93% critic on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 67% audience. And I don't want that to deter you at all. This show has a very toxic audience and it Mm. is notorious. So don't let the audience score deter you at all. 93% critics. It falls off a little bit towards the end and the end, you can decide for yourself whether you're uh, satisfied or not, but entertaining, amazing sci-fi television show. This
2: is what Binchtown grew up on. So this was one of our first two shows we decided to cover along with Spartacus. Go check that shit out. It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you did a lot of good selling there, Jimmy. Like the character work is what really makes you stay. I'm in it for the genre. Like that's my type of genre too. But the character work is fantastic. Some of these characters are great. Like you're saying, we we still to this day, will talk about anytime one of these actors post something like, oh, I miss Raven or Clark or whatever it is. And we'll just talk yeah. about it. It'll get us in our vibes. I'm sure, like there's some parts of this show that are going to be a turnoff to people. Some people are going to connect with all of the interpersonal connections. Just. The tech, like the the threats that are constantly happening, the type of post-apocalyptic obstacles that naturally come with the territory of the nuclear war that happened. But anyway, yes, like definitely give it a chance. And like Jimmy said, if you can make it like halfway through season one, you'll have a good idea of how you're gonna feel about the future of the show. And I think I was just all in by like you're saying, like episode three.
0: Luke, I just want to say something that you told me a while ago when it came to the hundred. And it was that if this premise was an HBO show, it would be one of the most popular shows ever. Yeah. It's really one of those shows that the CW network has had good shows. And if you're talking to our Finstown host Kathleen, she'll tell you there's a lot of good shows on the CW network. But the thing is, see, this show is like a major diamond in the rough for a network like CW. CW shows don't go seven seasons usually. I mean, we know The Flash did, and we know some of those. The Arrowverse is in its own pocket world when it comes to CW, but everything else doesn't usually get seven seasons. This show did so well for the CW network, and I genuinely believe that if this show was on HBO and had the marketing of HBO, and yes, the quality too, because it's just budget. It's just literally budget. It would be a show that people would be talking about all over the place. It Mm -hmm. wouldn't just be... Me saying it's a diamond in the rough. It would be a show that people would have in their top tens or whatever. Just like we have to watch this show. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I think when you were just describing essentially the plot of the pilot episode in early season one, I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, this show just changes so much throughout the duration of these seven Mm -hmm. seasons. It really does evolve. The characters change, which I guess is true of any show, but just to such a great extent in uh, The 100. I mean, I feel like every single season, they do a great job of just like having the stakes crescendo into an end-of-the-season climax. And then at the end of the season to the beginning of the the following season, they do a great job of just completely resetting the stakes and then doing that over again, having it crescendo Mm -hmm. and then reset the stakes again. Again, like Jimmy, you said, some people can take or leave the final season, but I mean, the journey to get there is just so fun. Um, And yeah, as far as CW television goes, this is this is top of the list and babes all around guys and girl babes <laughs> all around.
2: So if you're into that kind of thing,
0: which, you know, you are <laughs> easily digestible, 45 minute episodes when we say seven seasons. Don't let it stop you from watching. You're going to be hitting that next step. It's a phenomenal binge show. Anything else, guys, before we end our first ever? What should we watch next episode? Can't wait to do it again.
2: Be on the lookout
0: for the different themes because
2: we're going to be doing things like anime recommendations, canceled show recommendations, maybe network specific, like whether it's HBO, Hulu or Netflix specific recommendations diamond in the roughs like jimmy's saying all Mm -hmm. these types of themes they're just kind of writing themselves give us some time as we work out the kinks because we're going to get there this is going to be one of our most fun just ad hoc random uh recordings that we do i'm definitely looking forward to it again and we're our second one should be recorded about a week in real life after this one so it shouldn't be too far
0: behind on the feed if you're listening to this now and we want to hear from you guys hit us up on discord Give us a voice message or text message. If it's a voice message, we'll play it and we'll Mm -hmm. comment on it. And we're going to be fair. If we don't agree with your your recommendation, we'll let you know. But if we love it, we'll also let you know. So the Discord link is in the description. Not only is it going to be where we want you guys to talk to us about your recommendations, we have all these shows on here, all the shows that we've covered, plus any other show on TV we can add. And we're having a great time making a community talking about all these shows, theories, recommendations, questions, answers, everything. It's an awesome time, guys. If you're listening on the What Should I Watch Next feed, just remember that this is our separate feed for recommendations. But we are a podcast covering TV shows called Bingetown TV. All you have to do is check us out at BingetownTV.com or type Bingetown TV in any of your favorite podcast apps. We've covered over 100 different TV shows, 400 plus episodes. We're sure we've covered something that you guys would love to just check us out there. We can't wait to hear your recommendations and we can't wait to hear your feedback on our recommendations. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.